Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for the podcaster who's uh, here to keep you company and help you fall asleep. I'm so glad you're here. I'm clasping my hands, I'm leaning forward and hoping to keep you company and take your mind off so so you can fall asleep. If you're new to the show, this podcast is here because you deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve a safe place where you can get the rest you need. This is a silly distraction and a friend to keep you company. Just like if you're going to call someone and say, hey, talk to me about some strange, silly stuff. Tell me a story. But I need your help uh, for about an hour or eight hours, whatever it is. You'll hear more about it. Uh, but, yeah, I'm so glad you're here. And the structure shows uh, first we'll have some support, then we'll have an intro where I'll talk about the podcast and kind of set things up uh, and kind of go off on uh, more tangents. And then we'll have a, a visit, a, kind of a lulling visit to a theme park uh, in the autumn season full of autumnal joy. So it's time for Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. And uh, thanks for making it possible, my patron peeps. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether that's thoughts on your mind, things you're thinking about. So thoughts, uh, any feelings, anything you're feeling physically uh, coming up for you uh, or emotionally coming up for you, like uh, about the past, the present, the future related to the thoughts, uh, physical feelings or the emotions Things that could just be there. You could be. It could be changes in time or temperature or routine. It could be something else. Whatever it is that's keeping you awake. The most important things for you to know is like, while I might not know exactly what you're going through, I could relate to some of the feelings. And if I can't relate to them, someone out there that's listening right now probably can relate to what you're going through. They know how it feels. And for most of us, it doesn't feel great. That's one of the reasons I make the show. The other reason I make the show is because you deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve a place you could get some rest or whatever is keeping you awake. You could have a little distance from distance from that. You have a bedtime you don't dread. So your life is more manageable tomorrow. That's what's important to me. That's the most important thing about the show. That If you get the rest you need, your life's going to be better. That means the entire world we live in will be a better place. And that is true. If you're rested and your day's a little bit better. So that's why I make the show. Now, this podcast does not work for everybody. And uh, some people, you may already realize, I don't like, I'm not sure I like you or the show. So I'll tell you, for most people that are fans of the show that pay to support the podcast, they agree with you. They they say it takes two, two or three tries to get used to this podcast. So that's the majority of people's experience. But for some people, this podcast just won't work or you just won't like it. And that's totally fine, too. I have a list of other stuff. Sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you. 
And you could check out, there's other sleep podcasts on there and other sleepy audio and stuff like that. So check that out if you're already like, you know what, this show is not for me. That's cool. I still want you to get the sleep you need and deserve. It's still important. So keep trying. But if you're skeptical or doubtful, but you're like, well, I'll check it out. I'm willing to check it out. I'm willing to try anything. That's how most that's why I started the show. I said, I, I need something a little bit different. And doesn't anybody, isn't anybody looking for something a little bit different, someone to keep them company with no pressure to, 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 to listen or to uh, fall asleep? And so that's what this show kind of is. And what I'll do is I'll send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'll use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, uh, pointless meanders, and superfluous tangents. So that means uh, my voice is not traditionally soothing. I'm going to go off topic. I'm going to get mixed up. I'm going to backtrack. I'm going to forget what I was talking about. Uh, all that stuff. But but all of it is to keep you company and take your mind off stuff so you fall asleep. So like I kind of said earlier, this is a podcast you don't really listen to. You kind of just barely pay attention, just like it's a little bit out of focus. Like a podcast, you say, okay, I, I kind of know what you're talking Like, I, I'm kind of paying attention, but just barely. We've all been in that situation during the day. And we have feelings about it because you say, well, you're supposed to be listening to that person. Or you're supposed to be paying attention in class. Or even like, do you remember what that movie was about? I don't know. Like that person with the cape. Uh, I, don't, um, I don't know. I was checking uh I missed part of it because I was checking my phone. And uh, so, no, I wasn't. Like, But people say, you weren't really paying attention? My goodness, that's never happened on planet Earth before. You say, really? <laughs> uh, that's part of my brain talks to me like that. Uh, that was pretty extreme. And that's like not the extreme version of what it sounds like during the day. But it's, that is, that's sometimes how my reaction to myself is. You say, I don't think anybody, you know. What kind of person doesn't pay 100%? You can't put your phone down for a two-and-a-half-hour movie? And I said, well, if I'm in the movie theater, I can. And if I'm at a home, I aspire to. But uh, you got me. You got me, I got your brain. The old gotcha brain. There was a movie uh, called Gotcha, and it came out. It was about... uh, like you know how ner- there's nerf nerf is popular with um i think what they are like little water balls now and you play a water ball tag and there was actually an episode of Ted Lasso about this back then they would uh they were instead of just water they were paint uh and it's different than paintball because paintball is like a little bit more um like this, these were this was a lighter version of it because uh, those ones they they you say owie, these ones were back when. Uh, but anyway, there was a whole movie about that, and in the it starred Goose from the original Top Gun, who was also in a sh- procedural uh, TV show on NBC in the nineties or the aughts. Um, Anthony Edwards, uh, not the Anthony NBA Anthony Edwards, uh, uh, different Anthony Edwards. Uh, but so, um, anyway, what was my, my point? Uh, <laughs> way off field. Oh, this is a podcast you don't really listen to. You just kind of barely pay attention. And that's okay. That's what my, that was my main point. You say, oh, okay. 
And no, like I stopped paying attention when you tried to explain. What were you trying to explain again? Gotcha. I think there was a song for that movie that was, uh, uh, that is in my head. That was like one of the movies that was, uh, I would just watch because this is the way it was, kids, back when we had, uh, linear television. If something that was on that was just okay, you'd like at least, I can't speak for my entire generation, but I, I think I am. I would just watch it. Uh, it's, oh, the Scotch movie's pretty good. Um, pretty not bad. I'm gonna have to rewatch it. And so I like Anthony Edwards and, uh, I like to, I, I kind of remember the rest of the cast. It was a confuse. It was like, um, it was nothing like, uh, what was that movie called? Uh, space quest. What was that one? It was one of those mistaken identity movies. So, uh, Oh, you may be mistaken. Don't mistake the identity of this podcast with something that makes sense. Uh, so yeah, I don't really don't, this is a podcast you don't really listen to. It also doesn't put you to sleep. There's no pressure to fall asleep here. I'm going to be here to the very end if you can't sleep or you just need company. I'm here to be your boar bay, your boar sib, your boar bud, your boar bestie, your boar burr, your neighbor, your boar friend. Uh, to keep you company in the deep dark night while you fall asleep. Just to take your mind off of stuff. And uh, to be here. That's it. Uh, like, And then you fall asleep. You say, okay. Uh, yeah, I did, I did stop listening and fall. I, I, that's ideal breakfast conversation after sleep with me. They say, what was it? What was Scoots talking about last night? I don't know. Something about mistaken nerf and mistaken identities and water, water balls. I don't know. I, I don't even know what a water ball is. They say, well, it's more like, it's like a miniature water balloon. I think, he, but I don't know. I don't know what he was talking about, it, but, uh. Fall asleep. So this is a podcast you don't really listen to. Doesn't really put you to sleep. It's here to keep you company. Or if you need a break during the day, or you can't sleep at all, I'm here. There's also people that listen to episode after episode after episode all night long. So if you're new, those are a couple of things to know. The other thing to know is the structure of the show is very different, and it's designed in a very deliberate way. But there are ways to adjust the show as you become a regular listener. So let me explain to you the layout. Show starts out with the greeting. Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Uh, and then I say something else. So you feel seen and welcomed in. Then there's support for the show so the podcast can be free. And come out twice a week regularly over, I mean, we've been doing this almost 10 years now. So, uh, yeah, okay. actually when this episode comes out, it'll be the ninth year making the podcast and coming up on the 10th calendar year. So yeah, that's pretty cool for free. Uh, so that's the sponsors and the listener support enables us to do that. Then there's an intro, which is separate from the support. And we're like 12 minutes in or 10 minutes into the intro where I go on and on and on explaining what the podcast is. I'm not successful, but it is a show within a show that serves a few purposes. One it inefficiently tells the new person what to expect, uh, and it gives you kind of sampling of what the podcast is like and what I'm like. Two, it's different every time. So regular listeners know, okay, the intro is going to follow a similar structure. It's going to be somewhere, it could be 10 minutes, could be 18 minutes, could be 11 minutes, could be 17 minutes, maybe 13, could be 12, might be 21 minutes. But I know Scoots is going to be there. 
trying to explain what his podcast is and getting distracted. But I know it's going to be different every time, so my brain never quite adjusts. And I also know it's going to be part of my wind-down routine. For most listeners, there are listeners that fall asleep during the intro. There are listeners, uh, 2% or so, that skip the intro. But for most listeners, the intro and the start of the podcast is designed to ease you into bedtime. To be a twilight between whatever, your evening and falling asleep. Uh, So whether you're getting comfortable or you're doing some other chill activity, that's what the intro is really here for, uh, is to ease you into bedtime and for me not to successfully explain what the podcast is. So that's the intro. Then there's, again, support for the show between the intro and the bedtime story so the show can be free. And then uh, there's a, a bedtime story tonight. We'll have a guest on, uh, my neighbor Ray Perkins, talking about uh, autumnal joy at a, a avant-garde display of a, a autumnal joy, I think. I don't know how accurate any of that is, but he'll be rambling and put you to sleep. It'll be really nice. And then there's some thank yous at the end. So it's the structure of the show. It's why I make the show And I'm really glad you're here. I really appreciate your time and checking this podcast out. And uh, you're a nice driver. I work really hard. I really hope I can help you fall asleep. Uh, Thanks again for stopping by. And here's a couple of ways I'm able to do this for you for free twice a week. All right, everybody. This is Scoots here. And this is a seasonal episode. uh, But I guess it'll be kind of timeless where my neighbor Ray comes in, and so this is a new style Ray episode, and anybody that uh, is part of our Midnight Mission newsletter helping us build hygiene kits, you may have seen this already in the live show, or those of you that came in person, or online for free, or patrons, you probably heard this, Uh, we kind of did a live show about... uh, how can we help Ray make this episode? Because this is a new territory for Ray, not a Disney theme park, not a Universal theme park. And if you're new to this podcast, Ray Perkins is my neighbor. He's the most well-adjusted person I have, I've ever met, uh, super kind, loves theme parks, loves adventuring. And he just will kind of, he's going to run through our experience. He's got my notebook and... uh It'll be cool. So uh, without further ado, uh, my neighbor, uh, Ray Perkins. Uh, hello, 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 everybody. This is your friend, Ray, your neighbor, Ray. Hello. So good to be here in your ears. Uh, Scooter, thank you for that introduction. My name is uh, Ray Perkins. I'm a member of the Deep Dark Knight United. So glad to be a member here in the Deep Dark Knight with all the use. And uh, to be a friend uh, and keep you company, really my honor. And it's also my honor to be a friend with Scooter, little Andy, as I call him, or the pod boy. And uh, you have known him for quite a, quite quite some time. I knew him before I knew him, but I knew him. Uh, I was his neighbor back in, uh, I don't know what year it started, but we'll say 2010, it just for uh, brevity's sake. And... Uh, I didn't really, he, he, well, I talked to him, but he didn't acknowledge my existence till about 2013. He lived in a, a, a apartment, which was a four units, a, a home that at some point a long time ago had been divided into four apartments 
well, four unit, but not a, you can't say it's an apartment building because it looks like a house. Uh, and he would go into his apartment from the back. Most people did that lived there. Even though there was a front door, nobody seemed to use it. Now, Scooter had his dresser against his front door. It was just easier. There was a driveway. And that's where I'd see him, little Andy, uh, trying to get by me. I would. I lived next door in an apartment building next door. And uh, I would see him, and I would try to make small talk with him or large talk, and he would just keep on walking. He A lot of times he pretended he had earbuds in, even before there was earbuds uh, in 2010. And he'd, oh, he'd put, put his phone, he'd, he'd smile at me and wave, uh, but then he'd say, sorry, got a call here. But he was, you know, it was worth the wait, uh, being friends with him. Even when I'm friends with him and I'm, it's worth the wait sometimes. But we, 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 I come on the show and I get the honor of, uh, talking about little, uh, theme park trips I went on with Scooter, sometimes with his little one who's not so little anymore. And we got, so like uh, last year, a year ago, a little bit more than a year ago, when you're hearing this probably, uh, we will. Uh, we went to uh, an event at a theme park at Knott's Berry Farm, and Scooter thought it'd be funny because it was a theme park after dark event for the ha- ha- autumn season, and it was a very long. You know, they have a shorter description of it. Not fun, fa- fun farm after dark. Uh, but the the official title in Scooter's imagination is uh, Knott's Berry Farm presents uh, all, an, an, uh, an interpretation, an avant-garde interpretation of autumnal joy. But when they say autumnal interpretation, you know, that's meaning Scooter's interpretation of that word. Uh, but so we went there it, it, now, Knott's Berry Farm. This was at night and it's a ticket, separate ticketed event. And Scooter handled all of the uh, details. Now we did not stay in, we stayed in uh, Anaheim, but not right by Knott's Berry Farm. And so I'm getting out his notebook actually, which is not open to the page. Uh, is this it here? Barking group, uh. Walk to ride. No, that's not it there. Well, 45, 150. Here we go. So we took an Uber there, the three of us. And according to this, well, I'll explain it. We took an Uber there. We arrived at about 445. Uh, and uh, we, we were in line to check in. And... What does that mean? Done. Okay, so 4.45 and we ate for about an hour. So we went and we did a dining buffet package where you get to dine with... Okay, so this is an interactive theater, more than theater in the round. It's theater in the surround, this uh, autumnal joy event. Uh, So you're going to Knott's Berry Farm, not just so much to ride the rides. Now, you can ride the rides, and we did ride a few rides, but mostly you're going there to be immersed in performers. Not that, well, pretty different than the Dickens Fair, but uh, on the same level where you're going into like like uh, themed areas and there's performers there 
we call them AJP, uh, AJPs, uh, Autumnal Joy Performers, or AJPs, Autumnal Joy Providers. Uh, but so the thing started with, uh, this was something Scooter per- purchased separately, and if he did it again, he said, I'm not so sure, but he'd have to look at the price. He, he, but he said, uh, where you go and you eat, uh, now you do get a buffet meal, and I'm pretty sure they had Knott's Chicken. So that's And it was in the Knott's Berry Farm restaurant, but in the back at a buffet area. And you get you got yourself uh, unlimited refills, though they refilled them for you. And I think it came in a souvenir cup that you could use in the park later that day. And uh, what else? Uh, uh, so there was buffet food. And now we don't we didn't write down anything that we ate, uh, but there was dessert. And while you're eating, the uh, the AJPs, uh, the the performers are going around. Now the theme to their their uh, their installations, their artistic installations, and there was so there was um, uh, a few different ones that scooted, like there was a, a large number of the performers were from uh, installation called uh, what was it called? Scooter had told me, and then I forgot. Like it's but it, it's like uh, the old west. In a bit, the, the, the people from the old west who have joined the big farm in the sky, and like like uh, in, in, yeah, in the, they're in the big farm in the sky version of the old west, and uh, so a lot of them there, and they're saying, "Hey, like," uh, and so they're very themed. You know, they have uh, old west clothes. But their clothes, you know, they no longer really need them because they're living in the big farm. So their clothes, you know, they're not aware that they're deteriorating. And they've accumulated some dirt and stuff. Uh, And I asked them about it. I said, why is your clothes so covered in dirt? And they said, well, it's a big farm in the sky version of the Big West, you know. We crawl around a lot. But they were going around. There was also people from... um, a carnival-themed uh, area uh, of autumnal joy, and they were there. And Scooter was not, you know, it, like Scooter said, okay, like, uh, but they were very friendly, and they were mostly there to interact with you and to let you know, to give you a little pre- preview of what's to come. And, uh, you know, take your pictures. Uh, you take your pictures with them. Then after we ate dinner... We get we checked in. Now we were early. Now Scooter did not know this. He thought maybe we would get a head start on the crowds, but really what we had was from five forty to about six fifteen, just sitting around because we had finished eating, but the park wasn't open, like they were still having people leave the park from the day, and so that was would did not work out well, especially for the young one because her and I we had never been to this before. Scooter had been to this event in in when he lived in Los Angeles, and he had a very fond memory of it. He said this was like a top notch event, Ray, and I want to one day go back to it uh, when my daughter's old enough to go and enjoy it. You know, avant garde things. You know. They take, you know, something similar to suspension of disbelief, uh, your suspension of need, you know, to, un, you know, your suspension of uh, 
And I said, I understand, Scooter. So he said, this is the time, you know, and then he asked us, would you be interested in going to a strange seasonal event based on autumnal joy, but interpretations of it that, uh, you know, may be, you know, not the same as your expectations. And she said, I will. Uh, but while we were waiting, we were getting nervous, the two of us, because we said, what does this even mean? Uh, and especially seeing performers walking around in character the whole time. It led us to believe, like, uh, well, are we going to be able to um, accept, uh, like, are we going to be able to do something similar to suspension of our disbelief? And will that be our right? But I think it was good because it provided some buildup. It wasn't great, though, because there wasn't really anywhere to sit down. There was, you know, so in the future, we would get there a little bit closer to 630. But at 615, the rides did open. And we went on uh, the wooden roller coaster twice. Uh, and I don't have, I can't read Scooter's notes, but I know we rode it with 615 and then 624. We went back on, it does say, wow, fun and view. That I can see. It has a very good first drop. Uh, and for a wooden roller coaster, it's very smooth. And it's an old fashioned wooden roller coaster, not the re, you know, revamped versions. And then after that, we decided to start at, at 6.53 was our next note here. And it's not interpretation, you know, it's, uh, so we had to walk. And as soon as it, you know, it's getting dark now, not yet, but uh, everything's immersive. There's a lot of uh, fog machines so that you feel like you're in a dream. Uh, and there's like sound effects and then there's performers, uh and so at least at some point around 6.53, we got in our first line. This says the Sand House or Sand Horse then Druthers. Uh, but there is no Sand House then Druthers. And let me just read through his notes uh, because I don't know if any of this. 703, Third Mirror, The Dark or something. 705 is blank. 711 uh was uh, the holiday show 720 the depths uh 728 again to the show again 745 um uh, uh, madam t's uh and then we left that part of the park so in this part of the park which was backstage normally there was four different installations of different interpretations of what autumnal joy might mean. And these are very, uh, I mean, I don't even know if this is avant-garde, but its I, I would say it's avant-garde to say, okay, just make your own interpretation of autumnal joy and pitch it to us, you know, initially probably. And this one was very themed. The first one was called Madam T's. As now, I can tell you what it's based on. Is like uh, if you go to any tourist area here in the U.S., maybe even uh, uh, in, I don't even know where else. I know in uh, Niagara Falls, uh, Fisherman's Wharf in Hollywood, there's a Madame Tussauds, uh, or, or even Orlando has it. Uh, but there's a Madame Tussauds a wax museum with, like, celebrities and historical figures. 
right? And you could go stand with different historical figures. And uh, I don't know if they're actually made from wax, uh, but that's what they're called. Originally, they're called wax museums. So this was a different take on it. It was celebrities making uh like making stuff to celebrate the Halloween autumnal season a lot of it because they were working you'd see the backsides like the first one i said is that uh Ben Affleck and Matt Damon like uh like putting out like little uh, like cat and pumpkins it's so cute in different things like that. So you go through and you see celebrities and you say, okay, that celebrity's putting up lights. Uh, like Michael B. Jordan was painting in uh, like, uh, like uh, what do you call that, neon paints. And then the lights would change and they'd be glowing. And uh, like, um, I think one had like Emma Thompson and she was making, she was working with dry ice and making a bubbling cauldron. Uh, then you move on and you see like uh, children coming to the doors, trick or treating, but none of this, it was mostly static. So that was like, you really had, it was a good preparer, but you're also immersing yourself. Uh, like you're becoming, you, 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 it does best when you're like fully involved. So you say, okay. I'm not me. I'm a version of me who's who's in a tourist area somewhere else who has paid to go to a, a museum where they're showing uh, the celebrities celebrating autumnal joy. And then they also showed, uh, you know, oh, how hard the celebrities work to make it perfect and spread their autumnal joy and showcase the seasonal fun. This is the second year we've presented this. This is from Knott's uh, material uh, here. And uh, it's really going to be a fun time. It. Uh, let's see what other notes we had here. You go through, you see celebrities crafting and having fun, work, you know, working with uh, craft paper even. And uh, a little interaction with you, like every once in a while, so there'd be a person pretending to be a, a celebrity, a waxed celebrity, but mostly it was uh, people that pretended they were working there because it, it did. This one, it did take a lot of exponential. And they say, "Oh no, that's Matt Damon and Ben Affleck uh, decorating." And actually, I think they had a, like a, like a, like where they, where they were able to, cause then they would come up with a story. I don't know if it was improv, but they'd say, oh no, every year they go to five houses and they decorate the houses, uh, for fans. And so it was refreshing, uh, and fun to just see, uh, and not to know where the real, like to know, okay, this is all fictional. So even the, um, what are those called? Pledges? The people that work at the museums. Uh, but yeah, it was cool. Then the next one was called uh, The Depths. And Scooter was under the impression that this was about mining. And uh, he said, I don't know. I guess it's about, my, like, because we said, Scooter, what is this? What should we expect? And at first there was a couple people in mining gears and there was mining equipment. So I don't think he was totally misinformed. 
And Scooter said, I think it's going to be how do miners celebrate autumnal joy. But really, the plot ended up being miners searching for autumnal joy and what they discovered. So, yeah, like, uh, uh, yeah, like a heavy fog uh, uh, shows a successful mine uh, where deep inside the miners will find autumnal joy. The mining crowd, the mining crew has uh, looked uh, and, and heard tale of autumnal joy deep within the earth. Uh, when they look, uh, maybe they'll find it, uh, or will they enjoy enjoy their journey to discover autumnal joy? And so this was our second one to go on. The line was uh, very short for this one because it was in the back left corner of these four uh, installations. And it had one of the coolest things we ever saw. So the story kind of goes, they go in the mining and then they're kind of guessing, oh, let's go this way. And then they discover a world within our world where there's still autumnal joy so part of it is below the earth, uh, and part of it is, like, uh, below water. And that was my favorite part, was the illusion. This was one of the coolest illusions Ray will tell you about. Uh, so you go into this one room, and there's laser, green lasers or blue lasers uh, in this fog. But the lasers are going around about your belly button level, in a vertical, horizontal way, horizontal way, so it looks like the surface of the water, the, just a straight line in the fog. Is, is like So you see the fog, and you say, okay. And then below the fog, below the lasers, are uh, fr- earth, uh, you know, inner earth friends. And they say, like, th- then out of the fog, they come and they say, Oh, like this is what we, you know, we've learned from your autumnal joy. And they say, see, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping in a pile of leaves here. Even though they're like a water-based creature, the, 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 the fully sentient. And they say, oh boy, I can't, I, I really love this. Uh, and then there's other ones with ships and, uh, I don't know if there's any pirates, uh, and then there's other ones, yeah, like that aren't like water-based. But that was one that just stuck with me. I said, holy cow, this is interesting here. And what a ton of fun they were having. I mean, really, uh, really seemed like a ton of fun. It was a ton of fun for us. Uh, and, you know, you should go. I don't want to spoil it and tell you every in case you're going this year, next year, and they still have this to say. What kind of autumnal joy did the, and they, but I will tell you, you know, in the end they say, it's the autumnal joy that lives in your hearts. And the people inside the earth, our friends say, they say, and it's the autumnal joy that lives in our hearts or whatever is the version of the hearts are for us. Like one said, it's the, it's a, it's the autumnal joy that lives in my exos, you know, exoskeleton, uh, so that was fun. Now, the next one after that, apparently it was based on a game that uh, kids play on the phones or on the computer. 
like where they walk around a space station. So this was very powerful set design because you're going there to go on a space station and see in the future on a space station how do they sell now this is the 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 initial concept uh but of course there's a story there's always more to it otherwise it wouldn't be now these ones other than unlike the first one all performers some on screen some in person some um, animatronics or special effects uh but again, if you suspend your disbelief, it's all real. Oh, I found myself on a space station where I get to see how they celebrate the autumnal joy and express it. Uh, but what you quickly discover is that this spaceship is its a bit comedic. Like, they've set out to celebrate autumnal joy, but nothing is going to plan and so one of the things is based on, and it had very, what are those called again? Cookies or uh, cupcakes or whatever. Uh, so one of them is like on Star Trek. It's a double Star Trek reference. One, it has a character uh, who has asked the uh, food moderator or whatever, the food uh, amplifier, what is that called? The uh, replicator or whatever. So it's not a replicator though, but it makes the thing on Star Trek that makes the food. They've asked it to make candy for the trick or treaters. And, uh, like, uh, they, but the replicator has gone into like some sort of triple mode. Now, if you look at the labels of the candy and they did give you one piece of candy on the way out, the candy said triple bars, which was, I thought was funny. But the machine just keeps making candy, and it was a special effect. So this person's up to the the, the elbows in in candy bars, and the saying "Stop replicating uh, the candy bars." And then you walk around and you see them, and like uh, uh, some of them have like altered the like um, the monitors, so they're watching different. Uh, Halloween specials on the monitors instead of doing the job. And, you know, Houston's calling. I said, no, Halloween specials on the uh, monitors. You're supposed to be looking at Pluto or whatever. You're giving James Webb a bad name. Uh, but so that was another thing. Then another one was a little gag with a... Um, not uh, with an airlock, but, like, the airlock has two phases... Uh, but like where the people, the trick-or-treaters are on the inside of the airlock and they're trying to get the candy and the people with the candy, they had switched positions. Or something. I don't know if I totally understood. I said, I'm not sure that's how air, air, airlocks work. Uh, then there was a cute one which took very good special effects. Now, they used a combination of uh, lighting and strobe and fishing lines, I would assume, or magic. And so there, and then, um, what do they call that? Like aerial artists, so like you would see at the circus uh, performing. And they were pretending to eat candy in zero gravity, which was, oh boy, was that exciting. So they're floating about in zero gravity and doing flips uh, and, and trying to catch the candy. 
And then they had like the, uh, you know, like a stand type Android figure saying, you know, all the candies are short circuiting me, uh, the candies short circuiting me. Yeah. Let's see. What do we got? Uh, in the backstage area with, uh, other neighbors, uh, takes you to outer space, uh, on board a aircraft where nothing goes right, uh. And, uh, fantastic, you know, it's a really, uh, fun one. Uh, and it's in a back corner. I think we did it twice, but, you know, this one, it was not as, it was, uh, it was good, but it was, uh, a little too out there, I guess, in outer space. Uh, but, uh, the, this, like, I guess it was like the next one was so in depth, uh, the levels they went to that that's probably another reason. So the next one was called, oh, I forgot the name. I don't have it written down, uh, uh, like, uh, oh, the Great Halloween Investigators Investigation. The Great Halloween Decoration Investigation Investigators. Uh, that is a mouthful. But again, you're suspended. Now everything's themed. So you are an audience member. In ho- you, You've gone... You're in line and initially, even when you're in line, it's themed. And this person, there's people outside saying, okay, everybody, it's time, you know, for another taping of your favorite show, the great Halloween decoration investigation investigators with your favorite investigators. And we're going to try to get you inside. Uh, hopefully we can fit everybody, but you stay patient. You know, don't worry. We're doing three tapings today. To where you almost, even though you know it's not really, say, okay, I hope I get in for this taping. Are they really only doing three tapings? Are they really taping anything? Uh, then as you get closer, you get let into like a, like an, another area. And they, the, the, they are keeping count. And they say, okay, that's all we could fit for this next taping. And you say to the people, I'm sorry, I guess you can't get into this taping. And it's people pretending to be production assistants. And they're saying, okay, we're going to go inside to the warm-up room before we go into the tape. And now the great Halloween decoration investigation investigators, you also learn, in case you didn't know, because it's imaginary, is this is the top show on, uh, you know, Knott's TV where... These, uh, the great Halloween investigation investigators, they go around to the best decorated houses in the world and learn all the things of how they did it, uh, all the tricks of the trade. And, uh, they can, you know, so that you can do them at home and you say, okay, this sounds great. So then you get let in the next room and this is where they were kind of, this is, I think there was only one other house like this. Where they're using, where it's just really, you know, in-depth theater. So then you go into another room and it's more people at a little bit higher level production staff. And they say, here's the show, here's the show with taping uh, and the next taping that you're going to get to be a part of. Now, just make sure you follow all our directions. We don't want you to end up with pumpkin pie in your face. And they they kind of go through and they kind of show a couple segments. Uh, then they have a stand-up comedian to, to tell some jokes to warm up the crowd. And once they get you laughing, they say, okay, like everybody go in and take your seats. Uh, 
make sure to follow our directions, uh, you know, follow the path. Uh, and what you realize, now there's three doors that open, and you could go through, you just go through, you're supposed to go through the closest door. Now, spoiler alert, one thing, it doesn't matter because we didn't went out more than once. It doesn't matter which door you go through. And another spoiler alert, because it's kind of the part of the thing, is that you never reach the taping. That's the point of the experience, and it's supposed to be funny. So you're basically going through, and then you go through all these different scenes where you can hear them taping, you can hear the audience cheering. And then sometimes you could see through like a hole, and they're like, they say, how do you, how do you make a... You know, something look like, what is, how does the strobe light effect work? We're here with the top strobe scientist, uh, Dr. Bennington. And Dr. Bennington kind of shows how strobe effects work. Uh, and then you kind of see, uh, you know, like, uh, I don't know. It's, but basically, you're just kind of going through backstage areas and seeing things. But all of it is, and a lot of it is like other shows being taped. And they say, what are you doing here? You know, we're doing the baby dinosaur show. You're interrupting the trick-or-treating episode. So it's very fun. And I don't want to spoil, you know, I, I know I spoiled the, the overall thing, but I just want, I don't want you to be stressed like we were being like, don't, do we really have to find our way to the taping? No, you don't find your way to the taping. You do hear them. You do hear somebody wins the contest. You hear everybody cheering. Uh, but you just no, never reach uh, the taping. And so we did do that a couple times. And that one seemed very, very popular, I guess because of the layers. And we did all of those attractions twice, which I was glad for. Now, they also have outdoors, uh, the areas are themed. So we went through the uh, Old West part of the park, which was covered in fog so, again, you had uh, the characters walking around that would, again, be at the presentation we were. Uh, now, this one was more dreamy where there was uh, people from the, the, the Wild West or the American West or whatever you want to say. And they're saying, oh, you know, what do I want to dream? Like their ideas, their dreams of like what they're going to what they want to do at the big. Fun- I want to be an angel. I want to be someone's kitty cat, all those kind of things. It was very out there. But then you go to, um, like, a, like this, uh, like, Wild West set uh, installation. Again, it's like uh, how the Wild West became the Wild West, big, big farm in the sky, Wild West, or something. I don't know, right in Reddit Town. But we went out, we got in line at that 752. And what is strange is that uh, initially, again, you're an observer, but sometimes they observe you observing them. So it's kind of like this one, you are in line. I mean, not directly with other people from the Wild West in line. And they were in line for because photographs were new or something. But they had a photo booth where you could dress up as something uh, but like with slightly autumnal themes for, for like a wild west, uh, just like at a theme park, you go, Oh, you could dress up like in the wild west. This was people in the wild west dressing up like they were people in the wild west, but with autumnal joy. 
and getting the pictures taken. And, but what was it? That was the first room. Then the second room was that, like, uh, and this was a bit of a leap, but it was someone, a person like Lady Witchbeard. And she had been told she couldn't go. Uh, that uh, there was no pirates uh, in the Wild West. So she, in this next big room, like a big chamber, had a, she was making a, um, she was making a cauldron and saying, it's not okay to treat me that way. So now I'm going to make your town's dreams, you know, go bye-bye to the big farm. And then it was like each person became the character. Uh, so let's see, like uh, one person, I don't know, they dressed in all leaves. So then they kind of became a tree later on. And you would come upon them and you, oh, like the sheriff, I think that's who it was. So you knew it was the sheriff and they still had a sheriff's badge. But they were saying like they were just like a slow moving tree, like kind of like an ant, because uh, they were still moving. But someone's saying, sheriff, you know, the, we need more water in the water troughs for all the horses. You got to get over there. And the sheriff wouldn't explain, you know, wouldn't answer. They say, sheriff, uh. You're covered in leaves, so what's going on? Or another one was the saloon keeper uh, had decided they were going to become like a a tin man, Uh, but they were a rusted, frozen tin man, but they were still behind the bar at the saloon. So the people were coming, you know, give me two bits or whatever, a couple of shots of uh, old gut, gut juice or whatever. And then they wouldn't respond, you know, the, the, the barkeep or whatever. Yeah, or like the piano player, uh, w- like uh, they were yodeling. I don't know if that has to do with autumnal things, but uh, they'd say, play me a song, Jenny. And uh, she would just be yodeling. Uh, and they'd say, what kind of piano is that? Uh, that's, and they'd say, yodelay who So very uh, avant-garde, I guess. After that, there's uh, a new page. Oh, after that, we went on um, uh, the Pony Express, which is a ride. And it's a bit like uh, an earlier version. There's a ride in Universal now called Hagrid's, right? But this one is you ride on a pony. It's a roller coaster. It doesn't go upside down. But you sit on a pony. You're up uh, in that position, leaning forward, riding like essentially a carousel horse. You are more secure, like there's something holding you back and your legs in. I think, uh, so you are secure and it goes pretty fast, but because you're in a different position, it feels like, uh, very interesting. So we went on that, uh, then, oh, we went on Barry Tales, uh, which is a 3D ride. Uh, there was a live band. There was also a 1920s, uh, prohibition newspaper newsies uh zone of how do people in prohibition they'd say pure pumpkin juice no booze uh, that's all they did and they said breaking news it's uh october chill in the air 
So, but that was fun. They'd say, you know, like the, each newsie had a different, or they were singing the different uh, news news line headlines, or there was competing uh, prohibitions. And, you know, and there was even as fake speakeasy. They said, "You want to come in here? We got pumpkin juice, the real stuff here, or well, real cider, hard." I mean, but it was a joke, I think. There was also a band playing, unthemed band, but playing music about autumnal joy. Uh, Berry Tales was not, it was just a Knott's Berry Farm ride. It had been a re-theme of an existing ride we really liked. Uh, that was uh, steampunky and uh, very cool and very out there. And but. Ba- ba- uh, uh, Barry Tales, uh, like wasn't working. So it kept breaking down. So it was not a satisfying thing. Then we went on the Calico mine ride. I thought there would be performers in there, but there was not. And I talked about that in another show. It's a very out there ride, very long. You just go on a train. It's not a roller coaster. There's a giant room in the middle, multiple levels of stories. I mean, uh, like, uh, just a very early dark ride that is still very impressive, even though it's a simple. It's about people working and living in a mine. And I think most of the story that you project on it, where you would project on it. Uh, then there was another very themed ride called Pretzel Ride. And they weren't talking, well, this is, that was what was funny. It was a pretzel ride, but it wasn't a ride. You were going through watching people riding a pretzel ride, which is an early dog ride that you still see today, like like at carnivals and stuff. So this was in the carnival zone. And this pretzel ride was based on a pretzel maker. So it was very meta because you were watching people going on a ride, watching a story about a pretzel maker so I think it helped with the narration because you were able to watch the people riding the ride, commenting on the ride while they were watching. So two layers of performers. But the ride story was about the people's reaction to the story on the ride, which was about a pretzel maker and the, the greatest who wanted to be the greatest pretzel maker in the world. But then they would maybe they were and they were dissatisfied. And they decided they would make a pumpkin pie spice or pumpkin spiced pretzel and then everybody and it had a bit of music to it too because at first they said this is what i'm going to do and people said no 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 you make the best best pretzels in the world don't do anything don't change it and they said i want to do more i want to make seasonal goods and people said no you can't do it and then they cried you know and they went off on a loan then they said they wouldn't make anything. Then people said, please be reasonable. I love your pretzels. And then they said, well, I'm going to try to delegate. And then the delegation didn't go good. Then they tried staying up and test. And then they couldn't even get the flavor right. And so they had smell-o-vision. Like one part, you know, it's too pumpkin-y. Then another one, it's too sweet. And then finally, they uh, do what a lot of people do. They create a suit, you know, a secondary personality. So then you get a third layer of autumnal joy where they're putting on a costume. They become, they open a rival pretzel shop. Exciting stuff here. And they only sell seasonally flavored uh, 
and it's a mystery because they say it's a mysterious, you know, and, and, and the person is playing it up. Uh, and then there's even a gr- the greatest pretzel competition in the world that the town, you know, it's in Pretzelville, Pretzel, you know, Pennsylvania, something. Every year they have the Great Pretzel Festival in the autumn and the you know, greatest pretzel in the maker in the world. Uh, and then the pumpkin spice pretzel that everybody loves, it comes in second. But the pretzel maker comes in third. And some young person they've mentored comes in first, which was nice. It doesn't even live in Pretzelville. So that was a satisfying story. Let's see. Then we went on. Uh, I guess this was our last attraction here. 9.30, 9.45, we went on something else, uh, but I can't uh, read that. Uh, but 9.30, we went on Mesmerizing. And that one, again, was multi-layered, very long at the far, far back of the park. And we did have to take a break. Uh, I think uh, we got a snack. We got some drinks. We sat down with some distance because the carnival zone was not Scooter's Cup of Tea, you know. Uh, there's performers that hang out in the carnival zone that Scooter, you know, he'd ra- he said, I'd rather be in the fake prohibition zone than... Uh, seeing certain beings that would be at a carnival celebrating autumnal joy with the giant shoes and a lot of them in a small car and the squeaky noses and uh, puffy balls and hats. But we got through it and we went to mesmerizing. And uh, this one was uh, like, uh, I said, what is this? And it was, uh, you go in... And at first you're going in and someone's making a speech. And at this point it was a bit like the Sleep With Me podcast where they're making a speech about uh, autumn and uh, uh, all the things uh, all the things that could be autumnal and, and just a long list. But really what, you have, what they're doing is, is you're being mesmerized by how dull they are and you fall asleep. Uh, a bit like sleep with me, I guess, where you fall into this deep sleep. They use fog effects. They use, um, you know, ultraviolet or black lights and um, neon paints. And you sink into this world where you go in there and it's all dreams of autumnal joy. Now, this one was very avant-garde. And it also had must have had high ceilings because it was like 10-foot things. So you see, like, different candies talking to you, and uh, that was probably my favorite room. I mean, they were imaginary candies talking about how much they loved Halloween because it gave them purpose uh, in the dancing around and everything. But, like, huge, huge, huge. uh, And I don't even know how they did it. If it was puppets or people, I don't even know. Then there was another room again with black lights, so they were very so it was cats and dogs and fish, but not real ones like puppets and people performing. And they were talking about uh, what is this Halloween? Uh, like they were kind of sitting around. There was even dogs playing poker, which cracked me up. And they're playing poker and they're saying, "What is this Halloween? This doesn't even make any sense to me. It's so strange." Uh, why do they even, what are they doing, these humans? They dress up, uh, they give, uh, like, uh, 
then there was uh, the um, you go into a room and this giant uh, Jack O'Lantern singing. And I think that one had like a couple different um, acapella groups doing it live, uh, or they were actual live acapella people in those costumes. And uh, and then uh, oh, leaves that was another great one. Uh, they had like where you could just be in a room where there was leaves falling off a tree, but each time now it was like you had to be patient. I mean, none of it was real, but it was super real, you know, because it was in all neon and the leaves were made out of paper or something. And I don't know how they controlled them, but every once in a while, a leaf would fall off a tree. And we're talking, you have to wait eight or nine minutes. And the leaf would fall off the tree and would say, we, uh, or, uh, you know, circle of life, uh, or, you know, I'm going to be, you know, whatever. And, uh. And so, yeah, and uh, then there was a last part was where you could lie down and you would lie on this thing. You could lie on your back, which was best for your view or your stomach or your side. And it was a bit like, um, you know, the things that mechanics use that go under cause. It was kind of like that. So each person gets to lie on it, but it's pulled by something. And for a long time, oh, boy, it was so relaxing. You just lie there, and everyone falls asleep, they say. And you're looking at a, you know, a fake sky. So you're in a very dark room with black velvet. makes it even seem darker. But then there's, like, uh, neon clouds and stars and shooting stars and moons and and things waving at it was it's like being in a like a, in a Sesame Street skit or something. And we we wrote it fifty times in a row just to do that part over and over again and rest as we were slowly drifting with a black velvet sky and friendly stars and moons above us waving. With autumnal joy, now, and that's what they told you after you were done, was this is the autumnal sky. Each room was a different autumnal sky for a different part of the world. And that was what we loved the best. Uh, uh, Knott's uh, farm of uh, autumnal joy. Good night, everybody, from your friend Ray and Scooter.